Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Lows to Highs. My name is Karin and I am your host. If you're new here, welcome. I'm so happy that the universe brought you to the show. And if you are a reoccurring listener, I'm so glad that you are listening to the latest episode. So buckle up because today's episode is intense, but in a really, really good way. I'm going to give a quick summary of who Bella is, but I want to first just start off by saying that you are all going to listen to this episode and leave it feeling completely different. You will either feel inspired to change your life. You may find similarities between your story and her story, proving that you're not alone in your own journey. You will see that it is possible to change your identity, to overcome those toxic narratives and that inner resistance and ultimately change your life and heal. So who is Bella Cataldi? She is an integrative and holistic health coach specializing in detoxification and cleansing, cellular regeneration, and holistic nutrition. After multiple years of debilitating symptoms and weekly hospital visits, MRIs, tumor removal surgeries, and so much more, which she really goes in depth, She was finally diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease and mold toxicity. And so she was on a quest to heal herself and through adopting a plant-based diet and a cleansing diet and implementing various detoxification practices and doing that really inner deep work, she healed herself from that debilitating chronic illness. And now she used that pain into purpose by having a coaching program where she helps clients struggling with their health reconnect to their most vibrant selves again. Her and I connected a few years ago. Funny enough, she followed my account right when I first launched ECA New and my Instagram page. And we would send each other DMs here and there and she would support my work. And A few months ago, I saw that she created a new page where she was bringing this holistic health coach content to a new audience. And so we started to connect more and I realized, or we both realized how many similarities we both have had through our chronic illness journey. And we have so many shared passions and mindset and just really, really beautiful connection that I'm very grateful that the universe brought us together. What you'll hear once we dive into the episode, and I'm going to keep this summary pretty short, but you will see how calm her energy is and how serene she is. And she just has such a light aura around her. And you're going to hear about her struggles when she was a child. And her story was really shocking to me, despite knowing a little bit about her journey. I didn't know the full extent of it, but she was so vulnerable. And I was honored to be able to hold this space and this conversation for her to share this side of her story going all the way back to childhood and college. And I think one of the things that really, really inspired me the most about Bella was her self-awareness. You will hear her talk about her childhood and the divorce of her parents and how she you know, didn't really cope with that trauma at the time or the way she did cope was through partying and you know, different lifestyle habits. And you will hear how she had a fear of missing out. And so she would ignore her intuition and and not listen to what her body and her mind were really telling her, which ultimately led her to that chronic illness journey, um, which resulted in so many hospital visits, tumors, and then obviously being diagnosed with chronic Lyme. But I think her self-awareness is so powerful especially for me as I'm on this constant quest to further discover myself and to heal and to learn parts of myself, let go of, you know, layers and and parts of me that aren't serving me anymore. And you could see that it wasn't until she became really self-aware of her inner resistance and how she was not listening to what her heart was saying that kind of shook her up it was kind of like the breaking point where she was able to look at herself and look at her life and and drastically change it and so 
I think one of the coolest parts of the story, which I can't wait for you to get to that part of the episode, but she talks about how through cleansing and detoxifying and meditating, she was able to reverse a tumor and really heal her chronic illness. And as someone who is, you know, struggled with chronic illness, I'm still in my post-recovery phase hearing that story and hearing the tools and practices and habits that she embodies truly left me feeling inspired and I just have a feeling that this conversation is really going to open your mind on what is possible and what is capable for you. So she's such a lovely soul. I'm so grateful that I was able to connect with her and share this conversation with you guys. But without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Bella. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so, so excited to chat with you today. We connected pretty recently, actually, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've been loving all of your content, all of your tips. I feel like you and I have a very similar health journey, although what we both dealt with was very different. But even just reading through your blog posts and like, hearing about your experience and your perspective and your mindset towards it. I'm so, so excited to unpack all of it and then share all of the clean detoxing tips with our audience to live their most like radiant life. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I feel like this was coming for us, like the way we connected on Instagram and you read my blog post and we sort of kind of took off from there. So I'm really yeah, excited to be here. I love it. Real authentic human connection. Exactly. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. I'm so intrigued to hear about your childhood because I know your health journey started more so when you were an adult, but really curious to hear about your childhood. Um, what were you passionate about? Did you always, or did you ever think you would be in the health world or a nutrition world? And yeah, let's just go back to the start. Yeah. So it's really funny because people, I feel like from my past or from childhood or middle school and high school, when they see me now and see that I'm into health and I don't drink anymore and all of that, it's definitely surprising to them. I think I I grew up in LA um, and I'm back here now. And I think growing up here, which I'll touch on soon was a really interesting experience. But going back to childhood, I was always very independent, very intellectual. I was always really good in school and I loved writing and I loved reading and I was very creative. And that was sort of my thing. I was very quiet. And I remember my parents and my teachers and my parents' friends would always call me like an old soul. They'd be Mm. like, she's an old soul. Like she's so wise and so mature for her age. And I was like five, I'd be like, my parents <laughs> say I'm an old soul. And they're like, you're literally five years old. <laughs> like, and so it was always that way as a child. I think I kept to myself more and I was very observant. Um, and then I think, you know, growing up, I come from a big family. I have three siblings. Um, so there's a lot of chaos. It was fun, but a lot of chaos all the time. And as I grew older, I definitely went through some things that really shaped me and, and really kind of led me down the path sort of that I'm on now of, you know, the inner work and the spirituality and all of that. But, you know, when you grow up in LA, I think you grow up pretty fast. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of alcohol at a young age and a lot of partying and just a lot of big things that I think happen at such a young age. And so I think as I grew up, I grew up pretty fast and I was really became immersed in that environment, which I think was not natural to me because I was always sort of this, I loved school and I loved learning and I loved reading and writing and journaling. I was journaling from such a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have little pieces of writing um, Mm -hmm. that I find here. Um, And so I think I sort of was thrown into that environment at a pretty young age and parent divorce that felt hard and was pretty traumatic. And, um, you know, I'm such a, 
I always wanted to be like the fixer, like the peacemaker. Mm. And I just wanted everyone to be happy and wanting to take care of everyone. And so when that happened, I think it was, well, I know it was really hard on me. And I think I sort of channeled that out and kind of went into this partying lifestyle. And in high school, we were going out very, you know, we were going out on school nights to clubs in LA. And it was just so now that I think about it, it's just such a crazy thing. Even I tell my friends from college who, you know, grew up in other places, and they're like, what are you even talking about? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was sort of the way it was here. And um, so I think, I kind of coped almost in that way of like, I became this really big party girl. And then I went off to college and I always had that side to me that was still very, like I wanted to journal and I liked my alone time, but I kind of threw that away a little bit and sort of took on this identity, I guess I would say, especially, you know, in high school and especially in college, which is where my health journey sort of started. Um, But once I got to college again, just a lot of partying, a lot of disconnection from myself, a lot of doing what other people wanted, eating things that other people were eating, going to places other people were going. And I think I really abandoned myself at my core. And I, you know, I know that a big part of growing up, right, is finding yourself. We're kind of on this journey to find ourselves our whole lives, right? I'm still on it. We're all still on it. But I do think I was very lost in that time and cut to I'm in college now and I went to George Washington in DC and I love DC and you know I loved it was it was a great experience um but I got really sick when I was in college and this is kind of where it all where it all began um but you know when I was in college I lived in a dorm room that was covered in toxic black molds. Um, I lived there for my whole freshman year. And throughout the year, I got really, really, really sick. You know, from the second month, I think that I was in college, I took a trip to the hospital because I was, you know, I woke up one day just so sick with respiratory issues, flu-like symptoms that wouldn't go away, really painful, um, you know, chest pains and irregular heartbeat. And I really couldn't breathe. And I'd never had asthma or anything. I'd always been, you know, I felt healthy kind of my whole life. And there is, you know, I, I didn't have the best habits in college, right? I was, you know, out and about and not sleeping and not eating great. But I think when you know, there's something else going on, you, you know, and there's this intuitive calling, I think that comes through. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel really out of my body and not normal, but I was in college and everyone else was going. So I kept going and, you know, I really wanted to keep up with everyone. And I started to get more and more sick and more and more sick. And I think my freshman year, I was in and out of the hospital multiple times. I moved out for three weeks. I got an inhaler. I had, you know, they said I had pneumonia. They they said I had a respiratory infection, all the things. And, um, from there, it it sort of started to build and started to build. And um, after my freshman year, I came back for my sophomore year. And that was a really tough year for me as well of just always being sick. And my parents were like, you can come home. Let's figure out what's going on. And I was like, no, I'm staying. I was so attached, I think, to this identity, Mm -hmm. social identity, this party identity of I can't stop. I'm not going to stop. I want to do what everyone else is doing. I'm young. This is my time to have fun and live my life. And I was so shut out, you know, shutting everything out, all this noise of do this, do that. And I was like, nope, I'm staying here. I'm fine. Leave me alone. And um, it wasn't until I went abroad my junior year of college. I made the decision to go abroad. Everyone in my life, my parents, my friends, my grandparents all told me, we don't think you should go. You you know, you can stay home. It's okay. You're not going to miss out. It'll be fine. Let's get you, let's get you healthy. Let's get you better. By that point, I 
had seen so many doctors. I had gone to urgent care, I'd gone to the hospital, you know, calling my parents crying from school that I couldn't breathe. And it was really scary. And I knew that everyone in my life was very scared for me. Mm-hmm. My parents were scared for me, my siblings, my friends, and they all voiced that concern to me. And so, you know, going to London in the peak of this really scary um, health challenge I was going through and we didn't know what was going on. And I said, nope, I'm going, I'm fine. And I just remember being on the plane. I walked onto the plane and I remember, you know, my mom said bye to me and I was sobbing in the airport and I knew, you know, you just get those gut feelings. I knew I should not be going. I, I didn't feel while I was having crazy head symptoms and tingling in my arms and I'm getting on this plane and I just remember stepping foot on the plane and I was like, I need to get off this plane. I should not sit down. I need to get off. And I was about to get off. And then I sat down Mm. and I went to London and I lasted a few weeks and I was in Budapest on a trip. I ended up in the Budapest hospital um, and I got on, you know, an emergency call with my doctor and my parents. And she said, you need to come home right now. Your parents need to book you a flight. We, this isn't normal, and we're scared that something really bad and scary is going to happen to you. And in that moment, I, I accepted that there was nothing left to prove to anyone. You know, I think it was this wanting to prove, like I can do it. I'm okay. And you know, I think I learned so many lessons in that. Of it's okay if you're not okay. And there, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. And um. In that moment, I, my parents booked me a flight home. I went straight to London. It was the middle of the night. I went back to London, packed my bags, and the next day I was back home. And a day after that, I was getting a two-hour-long spine and brain MRI wow. um, to figure out what was going on. So that's kind of full picture of the journey. Wow. That is a lot more than I thought your story consisted of. Like I didn't realize, I mean, I knew I, I didn't know your childhood and your upbringing, but the trauma that you likely endured throughout that entire journey is, is a lot. Um, but it, it's beautiful to see like how you've turned that pain into this, into your purpose. But before we get into what you're doing now, I have a few things I want to click into and, and, um, and then also just dig deeper into the first is I think it's really powerful and beautiful how self-aware you are of your childhood and your upbringing and your actions and this like constant feeling you needed for external validation or to not miss out. Um, I think it's, and I, I have a feeling I know what kind of got you there. I think Mm -hmm. you've talked a lot about meditation and journaling, like you mentioned. So I really want to kind of dig into that a little bit on how you realized those things throughout your journey. But then also what you mentioned was really beautiful because you said, which is so true, like especially in those formative years of being in high school and in college where you're thrown into this like lifestyle of really being independent for the first time, whether you go across a country like you did in your case, or you go to a community college or whatever it is, it's, it's a different type of independence. And it's really interesting how you said, like, that's when you're really trying to find yourself. And in your case, you always had this like young Bella dormant inside of you who loved that like disconnection and that journaling and that mindfulness and that creativity. But you kind of were like pushing, you were kind of ignoring her for a little bit and you were like pushing her to the side. And now you've come full circle and you're fully representing that version of you. So it's less about, I guess, like finding, maybe it's like refinding yourself, I guess, um, which I think is really beautiful. So Let's go. So that was just like a blurb I wanted to to acknowledge. But um, let's go back to your spiritual practices because I know, like me, you love your Joe Dispenza meditation. I love, love <laughs> my Joe Dispenza meditations every day. So me too, every day. And I want to hear your experience with it because I've had 
especially as of late, I've had so many profound downloads and visualizations and like conversations with my younger self or my higher self. So I'm really curious, like how is meditation? How is Joe Dispenza? And also your journaling practice really help you evolve and reconnect with that former version of yourself? Yeah. So I, you know, I really got into these practices and these rituals that I do that I now do every single day. And I've been doing them every single day for the past few years as I've been in this journey with chronic illness and which, you know, we'll touch on, but um, I started doing the Joe Dispenza after I was, you know, I have Lyme disease and after I was diagnosed with that and throughout, you know, those really dark, challenging times of, I just found myself on the floor crying in my bathroom, you know, for Mm -hmm. hours. And this was every single day crying to my parents, just in so much pain. And so just, you know, so uncomfortable and so out of control and when you're out of control physically, course it leads to that anxiety and that fear and that worry and I was really really stuck in this fear-based loop of every day I would wake up and I was just scared and I was fearful and I was worried and I was anxious and then through through that came a lot of like anger and frustration Mm -hmm. I was stuck in a really negative place especially when I was diagnosed with Lyme disease of why me, why now these are supposed to be my years. And I was, you know, I was such a victim. I was really in this victim mindset. And I think you get to a point when you're sick of your own shit, you know, when I was tired, I was tired of crying on the floor every day and being a victim to, you know, what my reality was. And that's when I turned to these practices. I read A Return to Love. I read The Power of Now. I got into Louise Hay. I read You Can Heal Your Life. And these books just, everything sort of clicked. I was like, wow, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be this person who is a victim to, to my reality. And I don't, I don't want to be like this anymore. And I don't want to be stuck in this. And then I found Joe Dispenza and Meditation was really hard for me to get into at first. It was really intimidating. And I remember the first time I did it, I closed my eyes. And I remember sitting there for probably not even 10 seconds. And so much was coming up for me of, Mm. you know, so much the trauma and the anxiety and all of these things. And I remember physically jumping out of it. Like I remember being like, no, 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 I can't. And I remember crying because I was like, this is too much. I can't do it. You know, I think when we sit with ourselves, we realize how much we're pushing down. And for me, a lot of it of, you know, stuff from childhood and just stuff growing up really, really came up for me. And um, I sort of started to ease into it. I would do a few minutes and here and there. And then I finally was like, you know what, like, let's do it. I'm tired of feeling like this. And I mean, Joe Dispenza meditations have been everything for me. I feel like they've healed me, not just on this emotional, energetic level, but on a physical level too, I think. And that's a really big part of what I teach and and what I believe in with, um, you know, it's the mind body connection, right? Mm -hmm. It's visualizing ourselves as this future version of us that we so badly want to be. And I think when I was in that place, I was like, I want to feel healthy and I want to be healed in my body and I want to be happy. And I want to be someone who, you know, radiates love and not negativity and not victim mindset and not being upset about you know, the fact that I have a chronic illness and I can't be doing what everyone else is doing. And it really helped me kind of shift gears into that and also heal from the past too. It was a really beautiful combination of healing my past and and coming, looking at it from a place of love instead of a place of hatred for the way that I used to be, um, or, you know, things that had happened in the past and also let go of the fear of 
you know, physical symptoms and of my health. Cause I think that's a really big thing. You know, people, you know, you've had your journey with chronic illness and it's a really hard thing when you're out of control of your body and your health. And it's really scary too, you know, to wake up and maybe have a symptom and to feel like, well, I'm not in control of this. And I think meditation and journaling too, whether you're free writing, which I do every day, I'll do a meditation and all the downloads that come through, all the things that come up, I just like to dump it onto a page and it's so healing for me. Um, And I do gratitude with that and prayer and prayer can also sound intimidating for a lot of people too. I think I was really, I was intimidated by all of this, by the way, before I started and you know, prayer for me is really just asking the universe for what I need to feel supported and asking for love and asking for abundance and, and health. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be scary or it doesn't have to be religious. It really is kind of just like asking for support and um, asking for whatever you need. And I think that's been really healing for me too because, you know, that feeling of out of control, it really brought me back to myself, I think. Yeah. Oh, gosh, we have so many similarities. First of all, (laughs) I was in that same exact headspace as you were in where like I was, and this was actually not even related to my chronic illness. When I was in college, I was more so going through like a mental health patch just because of all of the change in my life. And I was having friendship issues, which then like left me feeling this weird friendship heartbreak, which is a very weird type of heartbreak. And then I got really in my head. And then I remember though, I was just, there was like three months where, or four months where I just couldn't get out of it. Like I would wake up with dread I hated getting ready to go to my internship. I hated my classes. Like my weekend plans no longer made me feel excited. Like I just had this like gloom over every part of my life. And similar to you, I read the book, The Power of Now. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, it's, I'm doing this to myself, you know? Like, of course you have these external problems or you have physical symptoms that can exasperate your mindset and kind of lead it towards a negative place. But you do have control over your mind as much as we think we don't. Um, And I read that book and it was like that aha light bulb, like, wait a minute, I have, I cannot, I can't really control external things. I can't really control my body right now, but I can control how I react to it and how I think. And that's something that I'm what Joe Dispenza's meditations really have helped me with is like, for me, it was a lot of fear, especially around my chronic illness. It's like, there are things that I'm very confident in that I can manifest, which is like abundance and wealth and friendships and lifestyle and like the apartment that I live in and all these different things, my career, my book, but it was health was like that one thing that I just couldn't get past. Mm -hmm. And it's through the meditations, like to your point where I was able to visualize the healed version of myself, but it was so hard and it was so intimidating because I also think with meditation, like especially once you do these really deep ones, you kind of like unknowingly are setting yourself up with these high expectations. Like maybe today is the day that I'm going to have this amazing download and like all my fear is going to go away. And so sometimes I would find myself meditating and I would do it every day. Cause I, aside from the downloads that I would get, it just, that stillness like helped my nervous system, which is really, really important when it comes to emotional healing, physical healing, trauma healing. And And it took me a very long time to even visualize that healed version of myself, but it took me years to be able to feel her. Like, Mm -hmm. what would it feel like to not have that, those symptoms? What would it feel like to not have that pain or that frustration or that anger? But similar to you, and, and you mentioned this when you said you started to look at life with more love. I was listening to a Jay Shetty. I think he was Jay Shetty who mentioned it, but he was discussing how 
the thing with gratitude is like we often are hurt like are told like feel grateful for every experience in life and it's it's not the experience you need to be grateful for because when you have chronic illness when you go through trauma when your parents get divorced or something really big happens you're not going to sit here and be like i'm so grateful that my parents got divorced like that's not true but you can feel grateful for the lessons and the experiences that came out of that, that brought you to this current moment, which is one where you're radiating with love and you're using your purpose. Um, and it's, it's true what you also said about it feeling really intimidating, like all of these practices, because it's, we're really, all it is, is like, and especially in your case, um, now that I'm talking about it, it's like journaling, meditation, you're only with yourself. And that's a lot of discomfort naturally. And especially with your story where you were like really pushing your boundaries, like, no, I'm going to stay in college because everyone else is here and I need to prove myself and I need to enjoy my early twenties. So I want to talk a little bit about that, like, like with these practices and that discomfort, how did you, how did you move past yourself? Like that? I think that's a really big transformative part of your story that I think a lot of people could relate to. Yeah, I think for me, a big theme in my life, I think, has been resistance. Like, I think, you know, throughout my whole journey, there was so much resistance to everything. There was resistance to, you know, tapping back into that inner child of myself, like the journaling and just wanting to go party and do what everyone else is doing. And there was the resistance with, you know, getting help with my health and, you know, wanting to just keep pushing and pushing. And then there was also resistance to heal for me, um, especially, you know, I so badly wanted to heal on the physical level. I was like, I want to go to the doctors. I'll get the MRI. I'll do, I'll take whatever I need to take. I just want to physically feel better. But a huge part of that, like you said, is the inner work. It's the nervous system regulation. It's the showing up for yourself. It's the sitting in the discomfort and shedding those layers, Um, you know, stress and anxiety and all these things create as much toxicity in our bodies Mm -hmm. as does environmental toxins or whatever it is. Um, So coming back to how I sort of faced that resistance and got over it, it wasn't easy, but it was starting to show up for myself every single day when I didn't want to. And for me, and also creating sort of a new identity for myself and accepting that. I think I almost had this identity crisis when I shifted my lifestyle and I quit alcohol. I've, you know, I haven't had a drink in over three years when I stopped drinking. And when I stopped partying and the way that I did. And when I started moving my body and meditating and eating the way I do, and it was this crazy 180, but I think accepting that and being okay with that, I had resistance to that as well. I had resistance to the things that in order to heal that I, I needed to change, right? If I wanted to heal, I couldn't keep drinking. I couldn't keep going out every night. I couldn't keep not sleeping. I couldn't keep you know, the negative thought, you know, the negative thought loop going, I really had to surrender to what, what I needed to do to heal. It was like, the universe was like, you need to stop. You need to look at where you are. You need to look at what is happening. And in order to heal, you know, you really need to stop resisting the things that you know, you need to do. And I, I knew what I needed to do. And so I sort of, you know, I just, I got curious about everything and that's when I started reading things and listening to podcasts and I came across so many amazing healers and speakers and, you know, Ed Milet, I know you love Ed Milet as well. So many people who I say like, they tell it to you straight up as if they're talking to me, but you know, they're like, you, you know, like if you want to change your life, like you need to show up, like you need to do the movement in the morning. Even if you don't want to, you need to sit down and do the meditation, even if it's super uncomfortable and a lot of really hard stuff is coming up for you, especially about yourself. And so for me, it was little by little, it was starting to show up. It was sitting down on my mat to meditate for even five minutes and then journaling afterwards and 
even if hard, uncomfortable things were coming up, doing it anyways. And I started to create really beautiful rituals around that and routines and routine became everything to me because once I implemented routine into my life, I started to gain back some of the control Mm -hmm. that I lost because when you're constantly stimulated and constantly running around and doing things that feel unaligned when you know that they're unaligned and when your physical health is suffering, you you can't feel in control, right? You can't feel like the creator of your life. And so I sort of tapped into that, you know, that mindset of I can create my life. I'm the creator. And in order to do that, in order to heal, I need to show up for the meditation, show up for the movement, disconnect from my phone, change what I'm eating. And I started to implement those things. And I really, my morning routine became everything for me. And that was a really yeah, that was a big moment for me in my healing for sure. I want to switch gears to that part of the conversation because I, first of all, love your aesthetic on your page and I love the consistency. And now that you are a holistic nutritionist, is that how you, that's how you identify yourself? Or yeah, I mean, integrative and holistic. Integra- there you go. Yeah. And with your story of how you healed yourself, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that. Cause I know you had chronic Lyme d- disease, which a lot of people do, but I think the, the power of your story is aside from the, the spiritual practices, but how you mm-hmm. used food as medicine. Yeah. And I would love for you to share some of your protocols or how you change your lifestyle. I know you said you no longer drink, which is a huge, huge step to take, especially with your, with your history and when you were younger, but yeah, share with us how you evolved your lifestyle when it came to food and nutrition to help you heal. And then I would love for you to share some of your favorite, you know, recipes in your morning routine or how you, your diet and lifestyle that allows you to maintain that healed version of yourself. Yeah. So I, I'm an integrative and um, holistic health coach. And so I specialize in detoxification and cellular regeneration and holistic nutrition. And I think an integrative approach to health is so important because as I said, stress and inner stagnation, obviously that creates toxicity, but it's also, you know, it's food, it's the sleep, it's the movement, it's the stress, it's, you know, all of those things. And my practices and, you know, what I teach and what I really believe in, it's all about coming back to simplicity. It's coming back to the basics and it's coming back to sort of what the earth provides us with. I think health, almost health and wellness is, what does that even mean these days, Mm -hmm. you know, because, and there's so many extremes. It's like, there's raw vegan. Some people think that's the healthiest. There's keto. Some people think that's the healthiest. I mean, there's just so many things and it's so broad and vast, but for me, I really believe in, you know, whole foods from the earth, fruits and vegetables, you know, food that's high in water content, right? Our bodies are 70% water. Like we're literally flowers. Like we need, (laughs) we need that, you know, to survive and to cleanse and, and to feel and operate on an optimal level. You know, I believe in sunlight and grounding and, you know, these things that are so simple, but I think we forget about them. I feel like when, you know, it's become the normal to not feel well. I think it's Mm -hmm. normal to be chronically bloated. It's normal to not be able to digest your food. It's, you know, it's normal to not be able to sleep and to sleep for two hours and have be inflamed and have acne. And that's just the world we live in now. And it's so not normal, right? Like it's literally our birthright to feel vibrant and feel light and feel good in our bodies and be energized. We shouldn't be falling asleep at noon. You know, that's peak. That's like the peak of the day when we should Mm -hmm. be thriving. And so, you know, I think that when it comes to nutrition and I know I've told you this story offline when we've spoken before, but um, when I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease and mold and just a little context on that. It was from living in my dorm room and the toxic mold actually activated previously dormant Lyme in my body. And that causes a whole range of symptoms. Um, 
So when I was struggling with that and I was finally diagnosed after two years and when you wait two years, you know, you're, you're in a really, really hard physical place. Um, and so, you know, I kind of got to this point of, I can't feel like this anymore. The doctors still, you know, it, I felt like I was doing everything and nothing was working. And I was like, I need to look at, you know, food, nutrition, movement, all these things. Like, how can I become my own health advocate? How can I, you know, start to change my own life? Because I sort of felt like that was the only other option. And I um, had begun to develop cysts and tumors, actually. I had two tumors and those, you know, when your body is experiencing disease, it'll tell you, your body will scream at you and present symptoms and present things, whether it's internal or external. For me, it was both. And tumors were one of the ways that my body was, you know, telling me like, we got to do something about this. Um, and it was when I, I got my first tumor surgically removed and it was when I developed another tumor one was on my wrist. I got that removed. And then I developed one on my ovary. It was bigger than a tennis ball and it was hard for me to walk. I was in so much pain. I couldn't eat. I was nauseous all the time and I was scheduled to have surgery. And I, I just didn't want to have surgery again. I didn't want this to be my life. And so I came upon, um, this cleansing way of eating, this detoxifying way of eating and fueling your body to eliminate disease and viruses and all of that. And so I followed the protocol and I started doing lemon water in the morning, celery juice in the morning, fruit or a heavy metal detox smoothie in the morning, and then a lot of raw alkaline high water content foods. And that was mainly what I was consuming. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it. This is sort of, you know, I just have to try this and see if this works. And I went for imaging the day before my surgery and just to make sure it hadn't grown a lot more that I could still get the procedure done in the way they'd planned. And my doctor called me the day before hours before my surgery. And he was like, So I don't know how to tell you this because I've never had this happen ever, but your tumor is gone. And I was like, what do you mean my tumor is gone? He was like, your tumor is gone. It is not on the scans. This has never happened before. I don't know how this happened. What have you been doing? What is like the doctor was asking me what I've been doing. You know, he, (laughs) he was at a loss for words and I was like, well, I've been drinking a lot of celery juice and eating fruit. He was like, what are you talking about? And from that moment on was really when I dove so deep into this. I was like, there is so much stagnation and accumulated waste and toxins and debris in our body that is not meant to be there. And that buildup creates disease. It creates these things that are purging out of our bodies and screaming at us. And so I really dove into food as medicine and um, that sort of became everything in my, in my healing. And I really healed myself from that. And I'm, you know, I help clients with that now and yeah, it's just, it's, it was crazy. That is just the most powerful story like and I'm sure after all of those years where you felt like you had no control and that feeling of like you controlling your diet and your lifestyle and the choices you were making every single day is what led you to that healing is just probably the most powerful feeling you could possibly have and I'm and something I recently realized was like, and I was telling you this offline when you asked me about how my recovery is going, where I said like, I'm, I've had so much fear around healing. And now that I've healed my endometriosis, I still have some gut issues that I'm dealing with, but it's like, once you have that one thing that you realize I manifested or I healed or I did, it's like you build this self-trust and this confidence to keep going at it. And then you're just like unstoppable. And it's that 
that mindset, which comes from like that one chance or that one experience that can change the whole trajectory of your life. But it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier of showing up. One Um, thing that I, I feel like a lot of people struggle with when it comes to not just healing, but lifestyle changes with, you know, adding lemon water in the morning or drinking a smoothie instead of, you know, a bagel and cream cheese or whatever it is. We want those results so quickly and we lose patience if like a week has passed and we don't feel any different. So I, w- I would love to know, like, how long did it take for you to do the celery juicing every morning to really feel that difference in your body and feeling lighter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I think especially for me, I dove head first into it just because I was at a place of just being so desperate in my physical health that I was like, I will do whatever it takes. Even if it's the most extreme protocol, I'm going to do it because what do I have to lose at this point? I think for me personally, it was pretty immediate that I began to feel changes. And I think my body was highly, highly toxic. And for a lot of people, when they begin eating in a way that's very cleansing and detoxing their body, they can actually have a worse, um, they can have some symptoms come up because when our bodies are purging toxins, right, it can be really uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. at that point is when a lot of people give up on it and they're like, I'm out, I'm done. This is worse than before. I'm going back to the bagel and cream cheese every morning. I'm going back to drinking every day, whatever it is. But that's actually a sign that you're, you know, you are purging these toxins. And I think you, you know, if you really want to see the changes, it's about, it's about committing. I think for me, I saw them pretty immediately. I mean, in a couple of weeks, I was like, wow, I'm at least feeling like my digestion is optimized and I'm eliminating regularly. And I feel like I'm not, you know, I was purging a little bit, you know, with I shared a picture a couple of days ago on Instagram of just showing sort of a before my real, you know, my true healing. And I was covered in acne. I mean, my entire back, my face everywhere. And, you know, that I purged that out a little bit, but then I felt so vibrant and I felt so energized and I felt light again. And even though I was struggling with chronic illness. I felt this, like, I felt this vitality that I hadn't felt in a really long time. Even before I got sick, I felt like I'd never experienced that feeling in my entire life of, you know, it's optimizing our bodies for energy too, right? And when we we work with our bodies in that way, we realize that we're meant to feel like this. Cleansing is regeneration. And when our cells regenerate, we feel vibrant, we feel energized, we feel light, and we start to feel amazing in our bodies. And so, you know, for clients, especially I, you know, we create a plan and, and, you know, most of them stick to it and because they really want to feel good and they feel good pretty quickly into it, like a couple weeks into it. And you only feel better as time goes on, you know? Yeah, for sure. I did the celery juice years ago and I was one of those who stopped after the purging mm-hmm. began because I was the like oh my god hard. it's a hard phase and I didn't yeah. know that that was supposed to happen mm-hmm. um but I'm newly easing my way into the j- green juice I love your recommendation of lemon and Celtic salt I look forward to it now every morning I know we have a few minutes left so I want to quickly debunk some myths when it comes to detoxing or just eating in this vibrant you know lifestyle Something that I struggle with actually is, and this is because I do have some gut issues, is that I love fruit and I love having fruit first in the morning, but I often feel really bloated after I eat it, which for me, it's like, but that's like the food that's the easiest to digest. And I know a lot of girls specifically deal with that as well with your expertise. Like, why is that? And and maybe like, how can we get rid of that? Yeah. So I think- When it comes to fruit, I think, you know, and there's so, there can be a lot of noise around, 
you know, fruit in the morning and food combining and all this. And, you know, when it comes to all this, I say to each their own, whatever works for you. Everyone is so bio-individual. And I think especially with, you know, that question, it it's so specific to each person in the sense of, well, you know, it even comes down to like, how did you sleep last night? What did you eat the night before? Were you eating until two in the morning? Did your body have 12 hours to really digest your, your food from the night before? What did you have before the fruit and all that? So I think it, it really depends, but I will say that in the morning when you're having fruit on an empty stomach, the reason, you know, the reason why I personally believe in it. And I know a lot of people have had such amazing results from it is because when it's on an empty stomach, fruit acts as a cleansing agent. So it's able to kind of grab onto and mop up toxins and accumulated waste, which everyone, no matter how often you get a clonic or how often you're, you know, doing detoxification, we all have accumulated waste and debris in our bodies from, you know, our whole lives, right? Since birth. And so you know, it's meant to optimize digestion for elimination and kind of sweep through your body. And I think especially when people begin doing that, they might not feel that because I think there can be our, like our colon isn't cleared out. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, it always comes back to the consistency of the practices. And so I would stay, I would say stick with it. I love lemon water in the morning and a green juice and then fruit. And I find that to be so cleansing and so healing and fruit and vegetables have all the nutrients that the human body requires to survive the fatty acids the minerals the protein like there it's all there and so i would say the consistency and um you know eating it on an empty stomach and giving your body time to Mm -hmm. cleanse and clear out you know the waste i think we all want the quick fix and we all want to feel good right away. And that's why most people are, you know, grabbing for the supplements or the powders or the, this to put in their water and the smoothies with 15 ingredients that are meant to de-bloat us. And it's just, I don't think we need it. I think we can mm-hmm. come back to the simple things and, and, and it works with the consistency of the practice, I think. I love that. I know we're out of time. So Bella, this was such a powerful conversation. I'm so excited to re-listen it myself, but let everyone know where they could find you. And if they're interested in working with you, how can they do so? Yeah. So you can find me. I'm be well by Bella on Instagram. I've dabbled in TikTok, but <laughs> we're going to stick with Instagram. Um, and my website is bellacataldi.com. So you can find my three-month coaching program. If you're interested in working with me, I just opened up four spots for this month. And I also have a blog on there. So I send out a blog on Mondays and a newsletter you can sign up for. And that's all on my site. Amazing. I'll link everything in the description. Thank you so much, Bella. This was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. 